it was that sort of experience that night that just sort of in my mind something clicked that there was an opportunity to have a real impact beyond just a business and do something and take a chance on something new. Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle podcast series, a series that is so much more than just a podcast series. This is a movement towards freedom in life and in work and about taking a lifestyle you know you deserve. I'm your host, Sam, and I have always admired working where you want, when you want, and how you want. Just like my guests, I found my version of the freedom lifestyle, and I'm sharing all the secrets for how you can too. The freedom lifestyle looks different for everyone. What's your free? Hey, it's Sam, and I'm back with part two of the live podcast taping I hosted at WeWork this past July for a sold-out audience of 150 amazing freedom seekers. I loved getting to relive this evening a few months after it took place, and honestly, I even laughed out loud several times while editing this. Just wait until you get to the speed round of this interview with Josh. It's so funny. Before we hop into this episode, though, I want to give a quick plug for something that I'm really excited about. Next Thursday, so one week from the day this podcast goes live, I'll be going live with my first ever crowdfunding campaign. And as part of this process, I'm not sure if anybody else listening has ever done a crowdfunding campaign, but the number one tip that I'm told is just like email anyone you've ever met, even if you've had one conversation, just rekindle and get them to pledge. It's really what it takes and that's what I've been doing. So I thought I just can't miss the opportunity to tell my listeners about it too. And if you're considering launching a crowdfunding campaign on your own, something exciting that I'm working on is an episode all about it. It's coming out in November and I'm going to feature two different entrepreneurs. One who totally crushed their crowdfunding goal on Kickstarter and the other who, well, fell a bit short. So we're going to discuss those two perspectives. Look out for that. Also, I'd love for you to sign up to get updated on my campaign when it launches next week. So I'll include a link in the show notes so you can sign up there. So this week, we're reliving our interview with Josh Walters, the co-founder of Feedback App, a Toronto-based social enterprise that uses smart pricing to offer discounts at restaurants during off-peak hours. All of this is an effort to reduce food waste, Josh was actually WeWork's Creator Awards winner last year, and he was also recently named the top 30 under 30 leaders in sustainability. What's really cool about Josh's journey to freedom is that it actually all starts with pizza. And so I had to start this interview uncovering what was so significant about that one slice. Everyone's been there. You go for late night pizza. And when I went with my friends, we were actually traveling, uh, backpacking in Italy. The restaurant owner was closing up shop for the night and he was throwing out all the pizza he had left. And he offered it to, to us for like a fraction of the normal price. And we took it and ate cold pizza for the next week and we were so stoked about it. Um, but it got me thinking that this must happen at restaurants every night across the world. Um, not just pizza, but bakeries, juices, salads. and. 
if there was some sort of platform that could connect people like me and my friends with restaurant owners that had a surplus of perfectly good food, um, they could find it, order it, pick it up, and it was a win-win for everybody. The restaurant owner could like make some money on food that they would otherwise throw away. People like me could pick up food for less and enjoy it, and you'd work together to reduce a ton of food waste. I had no idea of how to start a business, and I spent that year really trying to convince my cousin Ben, who was working management consulting at the time. Consulting. Yeah. Consulting. That also came up. The mysterious consulting <laughs> world. He knew everything about business in my mind, though, and he did. Um, I was, spent that year convincing him to leave his job and start this with me when we graduated. Um, and so I finished up school and uh, started biking over to his apartment every morning. We would go around Toronto and speak with restaurant owners to better understand the issue. Um, Neither of us had a tech background, so that was like the big missing piece at the time, but we thought, let's put together this idea to a point where we feel comfortable trying to develop the product and then releasing it sort of into the wild, I guess. Amazing. So you were the winner of last year's WeWork Creator Awards. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Given, given that you weren't in the entrepreneurship scene, self-identified, how did that get on your radar? Yeah, so like I said, we were working out of my cousin's apartment. I was living at home at the time. I don't know why I said at the time, I'm still basically living at home. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, we heard that there is, we, WeWork was going to open up in Toronto. It hadn't opened up yet. And they had these get-togethers with free drinks, free food, which is awesome, and cool people that were starting their own companies. We went to one and sort of told our idea to some of the staff at WeWork. And they told us about the Creator Awards and said, you should pitch. Like, there's nothing to lose. I think it was like a one-minute video application. So. I, like that night after the event, we went back to his place, awkwardly like self-facing camera, made like a one-minute video about our idea, and a couple weeks later heard from them saying that we were finalists. They wanted to fly us down to Detroit, like fly us. I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we won the Creator Awards, and that was the final push and the capital that we needed. Like I said, neither of us had a tech background, so it allowed us to outsource development of the initial app. Um, and create something that we felt comfortable going and selling to restaurants and marketing to users. Cool. So going back to the application process, because I see a lot of contests and they always want you to submit a video. And some people get so intimidated by that piece, like, oh, I have to make a video of myself, I'm not comfortable on camera. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like for you? And is that a real fear we should have? Yeah. So. Um, I'm here tonight because my cousin Ben, who's like the real like good, Where is ben? good talker, he's on a camping trip, oh. um, but uh, I, that's totally fine. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> we, uh, I don't think we really understood like the magnitude and how the Creator Awards would affect our trajectory. Um, at the time, we thought like, what the hell? Let's give it a shot. And so we, the whole thing was pretty casual to us, and I think. Maybe some of our authenticity shone through in making that sort of quick, casual video on his couch um, that we ended up submitting. And it, it's like, why not do it? If any of you guys have an idea, just go for it. I know you have a team now. You've hired yeah. a bunch. Do you still feel like you have the freedom lifestyle now that you're responsible for all these people's lives? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I definitely do. So our team's nine full-time now. That's impressive. Um, and there's sort of two reasons, I guess, I, why I still feel like I have the freedom lifestyle. One is that I'm doing something that I love to do. It doesn't really feel like work. It feels like this like really cool experience almost. 
um, and it has sort of a deeper purpose than just dollars and cents. Um, and the other cool thing that we've sort of done with how our team works is that we don't focus on people coming into work and like working. We focus on people getting certain goals done and whether they come in at 2 and leave at 10 or come in at 7 a.m. and leave at 3, it totally doesn't matter. They're autonomous in their own time and they can work how they like to work as long as, um, and we all work, we're all aligned on like the goals of what we want to achieve and everyone feels like they can do whatever they want to achieve those goals. There's no pressure on them to report to a boss or to show up just because showing up is good because it's not. Doing things is good. Output. You told me a story about someone on your team, someone in tech or dev. Yeah, this is a hilarious story actually. Um, it was like our first hire aside from, uh, we had one person that joined sort of as a first employee that was really a good friend of ours. Um, she was, she's an awesome developer named Devika and it was her first day so we all came into the office early. We were excited to like welcome her and greet her and you know, uh, she's like the first real member of the team that wasn't one of our friends. Uh, and it was like 9 a.m. She didn't show up. It's like 12, <laughs> she didn't show up. And she rolled in at like two o'clock, super casual, just like came into the office, hey, what's up guys? Started coding and whatnot and we were like, this is awesome. She, <laughs> she just like, you, you kind of like felt confident that she had the skills and she was gonna like prove it to us with what she was doing. And that sort of set the precedent for everything else. Because Josh was a winner of WeWork's Creator Awards, in addition to the funding that they gave him, he also had access to mentors. And so I took the opportunity to ask Josh, as a first-time entrepreneur, what are the things that came naturally and what are the aspects that you really leaned on your mentors to help you work on? I think early on, something that really um, I struggled with was getting really excited about things, like little things that were happening and getting really upset about small things that went wrong. Um, and it created like this sort of really high highs and low lows and took my eye off of sort of steady, like longer term goals and, and ambitions. And I think that getting caught up in that is something that I, I still do a little bit and wish I didn't because there's generally been more good than bad. Um, and when you focus on those little details of like the day to day or week to week, you kind of lose sight of the big picture and things that are important. Totally, I love that. What are some natural strengths that you did have that you think make you successful? <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, I think uh, being empathetic is really important. Um, it's not necessarily associated with like really business savvy people often, but when you're empathetic, you can understand the different stakeholders. We deal with a lot of restaurant owners, so we have to understand what they want and also customers. And when you can speak with your customers and, and understand them, you can create a product that they want to share with their friends. Um, early on, I did a ton of like personally like emailing people and asking for feedback, meeting with them for coffee. We were lucky to work out of WeWork, so there were like beers and coffee is a cool space to meet people. Um, and being really hands-on and, and trying to understand where they are coming from. Cool, yeah, it's so true. When you're trying to create relationships, you always have to buy them something. We live in this culture, but if you don't have much money, it's like, can we just go for a walk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some people have asked, like, do you want to catch up? I'm like, can we go for a walk? 
Um, I'm, I'm down to steal that. That's a great one. It is. Yeah. Well, four months a year, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Last bit. We're going to do a rapid fire question. So it's a series of questions. No right or wrong answer. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Tattoos or piercings? Tattoos. Okay. Beach or mountains? Beach. Seinfeld or friends? Friends. Yeah. People are so <laughs> divided with that one. Uh, this one's for you. What's your favorite pizza topping? Uh, pepperoni. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite thing about yourself? Um, oh, that's not a rapid fire question. That's like, <laughs> that's, that's like deeply introspective. Um, okay, I'll tell you how people have been answering it. They've been saying something more deep and then something more like vain. Okay. I've been asking girls. Okay, um, something I like about myself is that I am happy a lot. <laughs> something vain. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like my smile. Oh. <laughs> so okay. good. And now I'm blushing, so yeah. I'm blushing too. For the, for the podcast. Okay, if you're not blushing after that episode with Josh, you've gotta be heartless. I love my chat with him. Who doesn't love saving money on food while also saving the world? Really cool business model. For my final chat of the evening, I know, four guests, it was kind of a mini marathon. I chatted with Kate Taylor, who's a part-time wanderluster, always dreaming of her next adventure. Kate joined us to speak about the importance of traveling as a young millennial. Her passion in this space has led her to her latest side gig. She's now working at The Girls Trip, whose mission is to help make travel more accessible to women. And they do this by offering monthly payment plans, as well as created travel itineraries to bucket list destinations. We start off this interview understanding what triggered Kate to seek out the life of adventure. So I just remember being at my office in my little cubicle, it was super gray, and like on my lunch breaks I was just seeking something else. So I would go on Instagram and just look at what everyone was doing. There's people traveling to Morocco, Bali, Greece, all over. And it was just like super triggering for me because I was like, wow, like why am I not doing that? And it started that cycle of like comparing yourself. So I was just getting in this vicious cycle of looking at everything and I was like, you know what, like I just need to stop and stop comparing myself and do something next summer. So I was working this job and I was like, next summer I'm going to do something amazing, I'm going to travel. I didn't know what it was at that point, but I kept looking and I eventually found out what I was going to do. And you were 22 at the time, right? When you I, like went on this big internship? I was 21 at the time, but when I was looking at all these things, I was 20. So I was super young and I realized how young I was and you know, people get caught in that trap of being in a routine and having a job. And I was like, I don't want to get caught in that trap because I am so young and I'm curious and I want to do these things. So I wanted to act on it. Okay. So was there like a final catalyst or moment? Was it just like a series of moments of this is not how I'm living my life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just like I kept looking on Instagram and I was like, why am I not doing this? Like what's holding me back? Like I didn't have the responsibility of a house or like a job holding me back or kids or anything like that. So I'm like, why not? So I was just like, you know what, I need to make a change. And I've always been someone who's like a super go-getter. And when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So that's kind of what pushed me. 
So I know you're a big advocate for traveling in your 20s and millennial travel. Why do you think it's so important that we travel now? I know that's different from older generations who kind of looked at it differently. They were going to work their way up and kind of use their vacation time a few weeks a year or maybe when they retire. Why is that shift happening and why do you think that's important? I think we are seeing a shift in the mindset among millennials just because we are valuing experiences over things for the most part. And I think we're like, why wait until we're 50 or 60 to go travel when we can just do it now? And I don't think we should be feeling guilty for that we're feeling like that. And I mean, for me, I'm like, I want to look back on my life when I'm like 65 and be like, damn, like I lived my life, like I went and I did what I wanted and I didn't let anything hold me back. And I think that's so important. And I think we're not fostering that enough, or at least in previous generations, they were like, I'll just wait and do it later. But there's no guarantees in life, right? Like who knows 10, 20, 30 down the years that you're going to be healthy enough to travel to the places that you want to or in the way that you want to. So I think for us, we're seeing that and we're trying to make that change. I think a lot of us have seen that, maybe a grandparent or someone who had that dream their whole life of we're going to travel when we retire and then they got sick and they yeah. never got to do it and I think a lot of us are seeing that and it's so heartbreaking that yeah. we decided that's not going to be my life, yeah. like you said, right? Okay, so you mentioned that millennials are valuing experiences over things. Another post that went viral is that we don't want to buy houses anymore and we're not buying houses. <laughs> do you think that's accurate? I think we just don't want to be tied down. Like I kind of, to my earlier point where I don't like routine, like I think that kind of scares us. So we're all putting off having kids, we're putting off buying a house because we're like, we, and I think what feeds into this too is the Instagram culture and us constantly seeing this beautiful curated feeds of traveling, going out and seeing the world. And we're like, why are we not doing that? We want to do it now and then the rest can come later because we know that we can do it and there's no rush. I got Kate to tell us a little bit more about what we can expect by joining the girls trip. And guess what? We all get a discount and I hope you'll be traveling with me too. You can use the code freedom lifestyle on their trip to Bali in February, or you can join me in Tulum or Morocco taking place later in 2019. So if you take Tulum, for example, we're going to have a photographer and videographer the whole time to capture content. She's actually in the room tonight. But we wanted to provide that service for everyone because it's not something you would get on a normal trip. And we're also going to have a highly curated dining experience by bringing a private chef into our villa. So things like that just to make you feel super special. And ultimately our goal is to make you remember this trip for a lifetime. What do you think holds people back? Why aren't more people doing it? I think that's a really good question and it's a really pertinent to why we even created the girls trip in the first place so the barriers were a major reason why it was created so and it comes out of our founders experiences so for Senna I'm speaking for her she's here tonight but she grew up and not being able to travel a lot just because she didn't have friends that wanted to travel with her so it wasn't until she met her husband that she was really found that travel partner and was able to go and now she's seen like 20 plus countries but she never really got to um, have that girls trip factor and then for Huda who's the other founder of the company she grew up traveling a lot but her barrier was the fact that she shut down her business last year, which had her face a little bit of financial hardship because she was changing careers. She couldn't make travel the same kind of priority like she used to. So it was really those few barriers of like financials, not having people to travel with, or just getting so caught up in life and work, just not making travel a priority was like a common theme we saw not only among the founders, but among tons of women all across the world. So the girls trip is really trying to insert itself in a way that's breaking down those barriers. So we're bringing women together so you can travel with like-minded girls, 
you have a payment plan, so you don't have to stress about a financial situation holding you back. So it's really the barriers that are driving us to do this company. I love that. And I can definitely resonate with the not having people to travel with. And yeah. again, talking about my mom, but she would mention this to me when I would go traveling on girls trips with like seven girls, she would be like, take this moment while you can, because when you get older, it's really hard to coordinate all of everyone's schedules, 100%. people wanting to go to the same place at the same time. I'm even noticing that with my friends now. So I think it's definitely solving a really interesting pain point. Yeah. And I'm really appreciative that the girls trip wanted to come on board and share their message with all of you. So thank you, Kate. Of course, so much fun. We're gonna finish off with a rapid fire round. Okay. You know the drill, Play everyone knows me. the drill now. So first one, puppies or kittens? Puppies. Peanut butter or Nutella? Peanut butter. Would you rather be rich or famous? Rich. <laughs> <laughs> What's your worst habit? Um, going to bed too late. What's your favorite morning ritual? Brushing my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you wish you knew more about? The tech industry. Well, that's all I have. So I think we're going to wrap up the night with giving away this luggage. People are excited about this. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Maybe you heard it live and you're wanting to relive the magic with me. Or maybe you missed it and you wanted to see what it was all about. Well, I tell you what, I'm not done having events. If you visit my website, whatsyourfree.com, I promote all the different things that are happening that I'll either be attending or hosting. And we have another one coming up on November 21st in Toronto. I'll be hosting my next event at WeWork. It's in collaboration with the girls trip. Very different from everything I've ever done before. And I'd love to have you there. I'll be back in your ears next week for the next episode of season three of the Freedom Lifestyle podcast series.